Time now for the SCL Mortgage Show with your host, Sandy Clough, and co-host, Larry Jager. Stay tuned as we discuss everything mortgage. Educate, form, entertain. It's the SCL Mortgage Show. Now, here's your host, Sandy Clough, with mortgage industry veteran, Larry Jager. And good morning. Welcome to the SCL Mortgage Show. I'm Sandy Clough alongside Larry Jager, the president of SCL Mortgage, as always. And Larry, good morning to you. And uh, we have a surprise. You found some guy I think I recognize wandering around this morning in the parking lot out here in Greenwood Village. And you decided for some unknown reason to invite him to come on up. And be a part of the show today. <laughs> that's that's funny, Sandy. That's that's not quite the way it happened, but we'll, we well, can, that's what you told me. We can run with that. So, good morning. Um, <clears throat> as always, good to be with you. It's good to be here talking about mortgages. And yeah, so the story is, I do um, two thirty-minute shows in Colorado Springs on another uh, another station, right? In totally different market. So, as I'm doing more things with them, I met this guy in their offices, whose name is Jeff Thomas and sitting right beside us. So he and I started talking and I'm telling him about what I do at at the fan with Sandy Clough. And he said, oh, I know Sandy Clough. I've known him forever. And I said, well, why don't you come up and we'll spend some time on the air together and you guys will talk a little mortgage and you guys can reminisce. So he's kindly agreed to uh, to come up. So, yeah, I did see him walking around the parking lot, but the truth is I already knew who it was. Yeah, yeah, was yes, and you had invited him uh, to said parking lot. So, uh, uh, Jeff Thomas, it's great to see you. Uh, people here in Denver who uh, uh, go back into the uh, late 70s when I arrived, uh, the early 80s when uh, you came to town, will recognize the voice, I'm sure. <laughs> well, Let's put it this way. In my best Doug Moe quote that I've always remembered from him, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be anywhere. Yes. Yes. Uh, That was uh, a frequent Doug Moe uh, utterance. We have a lot in common. We've covered a lot of the same things. We'll talk about that uh, maybe a little more later in the show. But we uh, welcome Jeff to the studios this morning. Nice surprise. And... uh, Tell me exactly, other than hanging out with Larry, which is always a questionable enterprise, (laughs) what are you doing these days? Well, I'm with Salem Media in Colorado Springs. I'm a media strategist. That's the fancy term for selling marketing to uh, clients in the Colorado Springs area. But I also host a a small business program there, and Larry's been a guest on it and terrific uh, guest. He makes the transition nicely from uh, co-host to to guest, so I was able to ask the questions I wanted, and he gave great answers. And I understand from having that conversation and his uh, positioning of SCL on that program why he is as successful as he is. He's a terrific human being, and he knows what he's doing at SCL, and his customers, I'm sure, are benefiting. Larry, how did you get to know Jeff? You remember the first time you met him? Uh, actually, I do. I do. Because when I go to that station every other Tuesday, um, I walk down the same aisle every single time. And this handsome gray-haired gentleman was sitting there. Well, that's, well, that's something all three of us have in common. Well, he's got, I think, a few years on us to the south. Oh, okay. Uh, I think yeah, he's a little yeah. younger than we are. Yeah, I, I, uh, I would say. Beg to differ. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm north. Well, we'll keep, we'll, keep, we'll keep that secret. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, and, and I don't know, we just started talking one day, 
and uh, sort of hit it off. And uh, now you're, my gosh, it's probably been a year or more since yeah. we met Jeff, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So he was kind enough to invite me on his uh, small business show, which was a lot of fun. And uh, so, yeah, like minds, like, 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 I guess. And uh, here, so I said, gosh, you've got to come up. Let's spend an hour talking with Sandy on, uh, on the fan. So Larry tells us uh, he's advertising, obviously, with yes. you at Salem Media in Colorado Springs. Is that in the form of a show, uh, commercial spots? Combination. Combination. Uh, yes, he's doing shows. He's uh, doing advertising with us, and he also has a, a sports aptitude. He made a trade for one of our employees for a player to be named later. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, very clever. And uh, that's good. We uh, we we really enjoy Larry. Uh, he's the type <laughs> of client we love to have on our cluster of stations. Uh, and again, I, I just can't. I can't say it enough. He's he, he knows what he's doing. He's very good at it, and customers benefit. You know, I have to say something, Sandy, if I may, about the person who we sort of recruited or she talked to us and, and we hired away from Salem. Annette is, yes. uh, is one of our top loan officers right now. We actually just got her and another person, a loan officer assistant, because she's doing so well and she's so busy. So this is going to be able to allow her to do more loans, close more loans for more of our customers. So um, great, great find, great catch for, for SEL Mortgage. Yeah, we're talk still waiting for the player to be named. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk about, both of you can take a crack at this. Uh, we talked Obviously, uh, Larry runs a statewide business, and he's in other markets now in addition to Colorado. But you've spent a lot of years in Colorado Springs. You've also spent some time in Denver, but most of your time has been spent in Colorado Springs. Jeff, tell us about what is distinguishing about Colorado Springs as a market and is it as hot as Denver seems to be at the moment? Well, it is certainly on the real estate side, and and Larry's seen that uh, on the refi side as as well as the the startup. Uh, home construction is still pretty strong. Yeah, uh, it does have some downturn because of supply. Right, uh, lumber is you know at a premium right yeah. now, uh, but it is growing. Uh, we do know, and I think the projection was by twenty thirty three. The population of Colorado Springs will match or exceed the city of Denver. Right. Now, right. Uh, let's put that in perspective. Denver's got to go vertical to add, right, yeah. because they're right. landlocked. We, right. we still right. have space. The city, yeah. the city <laughs> right. planners and founders did a really good job of making sure there was plenty of space to expand. And wow, are we expanding? And if this uh, Space Force thing gets turned around, and I think it's going to, uh, we're going to probably have more growth uh, exponentially. It's exciting for us because all these jobs um, need people and people need places to live and most of them want houses or, or townhouses. So that's why we're in the Colorado Springs market, El Paso market, and, and want to be plan to be for a very long time. You talked about Larry as a guest. Uh, give us a sense of what your initial impressions were terrific. of Larry on the radio. Just just terrific. Um you know, much like any other talk show host, we have this big bucket of softballs underneath the desk that we lob across the console. And, uh, but we, we got into some depth because I gave Larry the entire show. Typically, I have two businesses on, one in the first segment, one in sure. the second. But he answered every question directly. 
Uh, he, he's just so knowledgeable about, you know, where things are and where they're going, Sandy, that um, it's it, it and, and we have several other really good mortgage companies that advertise with us. But he's he's right up there and there is no stepping backwards from where uh, the bar is set in the marketplace for him. It's right there. We didn't hold on to this feeling for very long, but when we started doing this four and a half years ago uh, to the day just about as we right. broadcast on this October 9th, I think we started in the first week of April back in 2017. You're right. If I recall correctly. Yep. And one of our initial concerns, because here at The Fan, we had never really done a show like this before, certainly not with a mortgage lender. Our concern initially was that we'd run out of things to talk about. There hasn't been a Saturday morning over four and a half years where that's been a problem, where we've run out of things to talk about that are fresh, not just recycled stuff, but fresh stuff, Mm -hmm. trends that are changing all the time in the business. In my ignorance, I thought at the beginning, this can be pretty dry stuff. It'll be static week in and week out. Nothing much will change. How are we going to make this interesting? And Larry's made that easy. And I'm wondering if you had any of those concerns at the beginning in terms of having Larry on regularly or semi-regularly. Absolutely not. Uh, It's fresh. Uh, It's where the the pavement and the shoe leather for the average American who's really interested in this. Well, he's talking about most people's biggest investment. Of course. So he's got real life stories. <laughs> yeah. And 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 he's he's got uh, a, a hand on the pulse of of where it's going. Uh, he's not uh, afraid to talk about some of the things that are difficult for him in the business. We asked that uh, that question plus one other. Biggest challenge, yeah. why should they come to you? Right. And and right. there is there is nothing artificial in either of his answers. For those things, so it's it's all real. It's all you know on on target and useful. Uh, you can't ask for more out of a guest. I imagine, Larry, and I don't know that I phrased the question this way, but we get into those areas certainly during the pandemic, especially right. at the outset. There were challenges that were different from what the challenges might have been in April of 2017. Right, uh, but there are always things changing, and I'm wondering if you would give maybe a slightly different answer to those questions now than you might have in April of 2017. Wow, that's a great question, Sandy. And you know, the answer is yes, absolutely. In 2017, things were significantly different. It was kind of mortgage as usual, interest rates up, interest rates down, new loan programs, new guidelines. But then along comes March 2020 in the pandemic, and that changed a lot of people's lives, and it changed ours and our way of doing business significantly. So, yeah, what we talk about today and how we operate today, there's a lot of the same core values are the same, uh, how a loan gets through the system is the same, but... It's a different way of doing it. For example, we have a lot of people working from out of state, um, out of their homes, Chicago, St. Louis, uh, Colorado Springs, um, Mississippi, Florida. And I would have never thought about that back in 17, 18, 19, right? But the cool part is they're, it's working. It's working really, really well because 
We hire people with good work ethic, people that are smart, people that have a servant's heart. They're here to serve the customer. So now it's working really, really well, just a different sort of format. Yeah. So, yes, it's uh, it's it's a different paradigm, I think, is probably the right word. But the customer comes first, and, and everybody leaves the closing table happy. That part hasn't changed at all. I don't know how comfortable Jeff is in being a guest today. He's usually in charge. <laughs> Whenever I've dealt with him, uh, he's usually in charge. But uh, I, I know how he thinks. And uh, there's kind of an interesting story behind uh, Jeff's business show on KZNT. Right. And we'll talk about that next as the SCL Mortgage Show continues. 303-790-2222 is always the number for SCL Mortgage, myspecialmortgage.com. More as we continue on this Saturday morning on 104.3 The Fan. Sandy Clough, Larry Jager with the SCL Mortgage Show. Jeff Thomas is our guest. And uh, Larry was telling me there's a story behind your business show on KZNT. Tell us about it. Yeah, I dedicated uh, the program to my father. So we'll uh, take the time machine way back to 1965, the summer of Parchment, Michigan, a suburb of Kalamazoo. Yeah. I'm sweeping out my dad's Ben Franklin store prior to opening, which was my summer job. And he comes out and he takes the broom out of my hand and he says, uh, what are you going to do about this radio thing? <laughs> I, I, I said, uh, I just graduated from high school. I'm starting at Western Michigan in the fall. I've got some time. No, you don't have any time. Today is only the collateral that you have. Yesterday's a cancel check. Tomorrow's a promissory note. Go home, coat and tie. You call on five radio stations before noon, and I don't want to see you before noon. So I did. First one I went to, faith-based station. I am a solid Christian, and I thought, I can't be hurt there. (laughs) I have no experience. These people will have an understanding. So I go in. I meet the general manager, Richard Stout. He says, just so happens, we've got a morning news job. It's not doing the news, but it's gathering the news. You're going to go to five area things. And if you would like, there'll be a 10-minute sportscast that we're trying to fill also. Well, that put me into orbit because that's what I always wanted to be was a sportscaster. So they hired me on the spot. (laughs) So I go back, and now it's only 10 o'clock. My dad says, as only a father can, you did not go to five radio stations. And your shirt and tie, did you take that with you? I did. Well, you get back home, put it back on, you go out and see the rest of They hired me. They what? <laughs> no experience? You I were said, one for one then. That's right. You I hit was, on the first station you talked to. That's exactly right. And I took the job and it helped pay for my college and the rest, as they say. Well, uh, I wish I had an equivalent story, but I don't. And that's the more classic story, certainly back in those times, of how people broke into the yeah. business. And sometimes it was almost by accident or happenstance. I mean, Jeff's talent is pretty easy to spot, but uh, that's that's a great story. And I always tell people, and Jeff, I'm sure you do too, uh, when they're looking to break into the business, uh, you talk to a thousand people in this business, you'll get a thousand different stories. There's no one way to break in, or no right way to break in. You're you're absolutely correct, and because of that, because what he really wanted me to do was find out that there wasn't anything, and that when I got through college. The broadcasting thing was history, and I would take over the Ben Franklin store. Ah. Uh, so, but I I loved him to death. Uh, he's no longer with us. But I determined that when one Salem asked me to do this program, that I would 
dedicate it to him. Well, my father grew up listening to Kurt Gowdy do Boston oh, Red boy. Sox games, so he didn't have a built-in aversion uh, to radio um, until when I was in high school. Uh, I was taping a radio show with several friends, and we were still in the studio at about 3 in the morning in Mount Kisco, New York. We lived in Chappaqua, and he came out looking for us, thinking something dreadful had happened. The radio station had burned down or something mm. like that because it was 3 in the morning, and I wasn't home. And he looked in the window and he saw four or five young stooges trying to put a radio show together <laughs> at three in the morning, you still going have- at it after about six or seven hours, uh, trying to get something on tape. Obviously, it wasn't a live show at three uh, in the morning. Larry, I see we have some callers holding. So Jeff is used to kind of this sort of thing. Okay. okay. And so we're going to try to uh, get at least uh, three or four of these callers in before our time is out for this segment. And we will start with, I believe, Victoria. Okay. Hey, Larry and Sandy. This is Victoria. And I'm sorry, but um, I'm a little bit nervous. So my boyfriend and I want to buy a house and really tight on renting. So can we talk to someone about that? Well, Victoria, thank you. Thank you for the phone call. And absolutely, we uh, will talk about that. I'd like you to hold on so we can get your phone number in a few minutes. But uh, we will have a loan officer call you. And and I don't blame you. You are renting and you're not paying a mortgage, but you're paying your landlord's mortgage. Mm-hmm. So why do we want to do that? Let's get you a home loan and get you into uh, to uh, your home with your boyfriend, and then you can pay your mortgage, and you can take advantage of all the all the benefits of home ownership. So thank you for the call, Victoria. We appreciate it. Thanks, Victoria. And let's see. I think we have Jordan holding next. Larry, this is Jordan. I'm actually calling for my parents. Um, as they're both retired, but they still have a mortgage. Um, I heard you mention uh, once about a reverse mortgage. Um, could you talk a little more about that on the radio and uh, maybe have a loan officer call me? Absolutely, we will, Jordan. Thank you for the thank you for the call. We do talk uh, frequently, Sandy and I, about reverse mortgages. And if your parents are retired, sixty-two or older, then that's the criteria for a reverse mortgage. It sounds like that may be the case. So it works really, really well in circumstances like that. So a reverse mortgage is the a good way to describe it is the only mortgage you will ever get that you never have to pay back. So the government got it right when they figured this out for people that are in retirement or about to be in retirement. You have a mortgage. Let's get rid of that mortgage payment and replace it with a reverse mortgage that does not have a payment associated with it. So absolutely, we will um, we will get a hold of you and um, talk to your parents and see if we can't help them out. Thank you for the uh, for the call, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Hey, Larry and Sandy, this is Tracy, and we listen to your show most every weekend. So we have some questions about your down payment assistance program, please. Absolutely. Thank you for the call, Tracy. And, and thanks for being a, uh, <clears throat> a loyal listener. We appreciate that. So yeah, you've probably heard us talk about our down payment assistance program. I think, um, I'm, maybe I'm a little biased, but I honestly think it's one of the best programs out there for a number of reasons. One, we can give you between 2 and 6% of the purchase price. And on an FHA loan, you only need 3.5% down. So likely we can give you the down payment. We can give you the closing costs. So you could possibly buy your own home with just 1000 or $2,000. And the cool part is, Tracy, there's no payment tied to that down payment assistance money. And if you keep that for five years, you don't even have to pay it back. 
So it's a great, great program, and we will be happy to have a loan officer call you and then go into more detail. I think we have time for one more. Okay. Let's see what Katie has to say. Hi, Larry. This is Katie. Our tax returns are very complicated. We own two companies. The current lender is really struggling with our loan. Uh, we just think we need a different lender. Can you help? <laughs> That's, we would love to do that. Katie, thank you. Uh, thank you for the phone call. And it um, sounds uh, very clear that you and your husband are self-employed. You own a couple of companies. You probably have complicated tax returns. If you're like most self-employed people, you probably don't show very much net income, all legitimately because you can write off a lot of expenses. You could write off depreciation and, and some other things. So maybe the net income is a little tough to qualify for for the mortgage you're looking for. And if that's the case, we have our bank statement program for self-employed people where we don't even need your tax returns. We're going to qualify you based on your credit, your deposits into your bank accounts, and of course, the equity in in your property. So great call. We do a lot of bank statement loans for self-employed people. So it sounds like you fit right into that, Katie. Thank you. And uh, with Jeff here as our guest today, we will be spending some time talking with him over the next two segments. We'll get back to customer emails next week. But our thanks to Katie, Tracy, Victoria, and Jordan for their phone calls today and for their questions. 303-790-2222 is the number for SCL Mortgage. MySpecialMortgage.com is the website. And uh, we will do some reminiscing and uh, Larry is free, of course, to uh, jump in okay. whenever needed as we continue with this special edition of the SCL Mortgage Show on 104.3 The Fan. All right, Larry, I want everybody to understand this comes at your behest. Yeah, you would uh, like uh, us to reminisce a little bit. Jeff Thomas is our guest uh, today. Uh, reminisce for uh, maybe even the next two segments you're really sure you want to do this. <laughs> I am. And, and you guys just convinced me uh, a few minutes ago. Jeff is sitting here talking about his r- getting into the radio business with your father. And I got to tell you, when you were saying that, I know I would love your dad because he said, refresh my memory. Yesterday is a canceled check. Today is your opportunity. Promissory, a promissory note is the future. And right? promissory note is the future, right? Today right? is the only collateral yeah. you have. Ah, yeah. the only collateral. Yeah. I got to remember that. That That's an awesome saying. And then, Sandy, you just sat there and told us a little bit about your dad and your entree <laughs> into the radio business. So I'm looking forward to the next two segments. We don't even have to talk mortgages because I know our listeners are, are going to be well entertained with this. So you guys, please do go for that. Well, uh, we worked in this market together from about 82 through 88, I think, about That's seven exact, years. Exactly right? correct. Your uh, memory, I know you you know sports. I could ask you any question about any player, any time, any era, and <laughs> I would get it. But you nailed it. You're right. He can. Well, I don't know how relevant it is. I have a memory for useless information, uh, but uh, hopefully some of it somewhere is uh, useful. But uh, honestly, uh, I'm familiar with Jeff's career. Uh, I followed it closely. Uh, we were involved in some really big stories together. Uh, the first one is maybe the earliest, but I remember the scene, and I'm sure you do too, uh, the John Elway arrival in Denver. First of all, what a surprise it was because he was projected to be heading to any number of places, not including Baltimore. 
the team that drafted him. Yes. Denver was not necessarily mentioned as one of those places. No, and I'm going to share something with you that I can because I've kept my promise all these years. Yes. I've used <laughs> you it. took your vow of silence yes, I, almost I, 40 years I, ago. I, I did use it for a program I had at another station in Colorado Springs, but in the uh, summer of um, 88, we did a, a special on the Elway family, Channel 9 I'm talking yeah. about, and we were sitting with Jack, and we were talking, and there were three of us, and Jack said, I'm going to tell you exactly why John did not go to Baltimore. We would not, his mother and I would not trust John's future to an alcoholic. That's Robert Ursay. And as you know, the acorn didn't fall too far from the tree mm-hmm. for his son, who is operating the Colts now, has had several DUIs, has had to be disciplined by the team and the NFL. That was something that uh, just stood with me, and Jack said, now all of you here, this is between us until either I, well, not until either, until both I and Bob Ursay Sr. are gone. Yeah. Then you can reveal it. And I have talked to a number of people about it, but I'm pretty confident this is the first time it's airing in the Denver market. A first. I think uh, there was that, uh, which I hadn't heard directly either, but you could kind of tell down through the years that uh, there were a couple of people that Jack, uh, more than John, that Jack didn't care for. Bob Ursay was one of mm-hmm. the reasons you just indicated. Uh, the other was the coach happened to be Frank Cush, yep. who was a Lombardi wannabe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack had no respect for him at all and didn't want John anywhere near that coach uh, either. But uh, yes, Bob Ursay's erratic behavior actually ended up working to the Broncos' advantage because the deal was consummated, as you well know, between Bob Ursay and then Bronco owner Edgar Kaiser. Yes. Not between Reeves and Ernie Accorsi. Right. Or Grady Alderman and Ernie Accorsi. No. no, it was an ownership transaction. In fact, one of the last to find out about it was Ernie Accorsi, hmm. who ended up calling Frank Cush. Uh, asking him what he was watching, and it wasn't the NBA playoff game between the Nuggets and the Spurs that night. Uh, it was something else. And uh, Ernie, of course, he told him, you better get to that NBA telecast because they just made an announcement that our quarterback's been traded. So wow. uh, we, we all know what happened on Press Row that night oh, at the Nugget playoff game. I have never seen Press Row clear out more quickly than it did – around halftime, early third quarter of that playoff game when the news of the press conference came down and we all raced out to uh, the old uh, facility at 58th and Logan. The Quonset Hut. The Quonset Hut. (laughs) I did not leave McNichols. I did leave my wife and son. We were using Channel uh, Channel 7's tickets that night. I was working for KMGH at that time. Brian Drees, who was covering the playoff game, scampered up, asked me if I could fill in at press row because the Broncos had acquired John Elway. (laughs) I said, of course. I walked down, and I'm pretty much sitting by myself. There's only the broadcast teams. (laughs) So you were one of the few that remained. yes. The uh, broadcast uh, teams, obviously, for the Spurs and the Nuggets were there. Yes, and you. And well, I'm you sitting there it. by myself, and as play is actually going down the floor, Cotton Fitzsimmons, the coach of the Spurs, turns to me 
the ball is in play, mind yeah. you. Where did everybody Buddy go? go. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. And, and, and I told him, and he said, what? Are you serious? I said, absolutely. Okay, Jeff, got to go. Cotton and I had a pretty good relationship because it seemed like every year the Spurs and the Nuggets were in the playoff together. So that was uh, what I had to do, and I had to take my <laughs> then four-year-old son into the locker room with me to uh, talk to Doug Moe and the players afterwards uh, because he had gotten restless, and my wife was having a rough time hanging on to him. He's a wannabe sportscaster too. But long story short, it was a night in sports history that no one will ever forget. And I uh, go next to the drive game uh, where uh, – uh, a lot of us were in Cleveland, but uh, after the game, the story was back here in the celebration at Stapleton when the Broncos came back because, of course, they'd gone to a Super Bowl before, but when they went in 1977, I remember Terry Bradshaw issuing a warning to the fans that uh, uh, this would be about as good as it got, and I guess he was warning the Bronco players, too, that now this would be expected, a trip to the Super Bowl every year. It took them nine years to yeah. get back. But what a celebration it was at old Stapleton Airport, uh, right? Back a- in 1987, yep. January? Yep. Wow! <laughs> John yes. Elway said as he approached the microphone where there yes. were tens of thousands of people outside the Stapleton Gate, and I'm standing on top of the Channel 9 truck with Kerry Rogers, a reporter, from Channel 9. Neither of us thought we were going to be there when the Broncos get the ball with the game on the line at the three-yard line and have to go 97 yards to get to the Super Bowl. And Keith Bishop affectionately says to John Elway and the rest of his teammates in the huddle, we got him right where we want Right where we want <laughs> So they make the drive. They come back on the United Airlines flight, and the mayor is there, and the yeah. governor is there, and everybody who's got orange and blue in their veins is somewhere either at the facility or uh, watching and listening. So that that was really a, a special night. And I had spent part of the day just being a normal reporter. I was with Paul Howard in uh, a Lutheran Hospital because he had uh, had surgery and was not able to go to the game, obviously. Um, but we, we watched and got some of his reaction for a feature story. Sure. So that's how I spent my day, not knowing I was going to be on top of a Channel 9 news fan <laughs> at Stapleton for the uh, heroic return. And, of course, uh, before we break, we have to talk about how the Oakland A's were going to come here until they weren't. Yep, and that's all on me. Uh, and I generally am pretty good about getting all my sources. I had a friend of the Lurie, the Bob Lurie family that owned the Giants in San Francisco, uh, and I'll also give this up now because I hadn't given it up before. But the uh, president of the Colorado Spring or Colorado Sports Hall of Fame, Larry Varnell, was very tight with Marvin Davis, who was supposed to be buying. Yes, uh, the, all, all the that Oakland true. A's. All that very true. They and were very close. Most of the I's and most of the T's were dotted and crossed. Yeah. So we went with it. We and everybody in Denver sent crews out to Oakland. Le, the Levi Strauss family owned. The uh, A's at the time, yeah. and they said when everybody got out there, this is all news to us. Oh. So uh, we started to figure out, well, what on earth went wrong? And I never could figure it out. But the next day in the Rocky Mountain News, Norm Clark, who's 
arguably the best baseball writer we've we've had. Maybe I got to put Tracy in that uh, Ringlesby in that uh, realm as well. But uh, Norm uncovered an, a longstanding agreement that was t- territorial for the A's and the Giants, consummated by the Lurie family and Charles Finley, yes. as I recall, yeah. about not any team leaving without the permission of the other. Part of it was, I mean, this was really simple. If one of those franchises was really bad, they didn't want one of them to leave they wanted baseball to flourish in the Bay Area. Hmm. So that's where it broke down. My apologies to the Denver community, but sometimes you just got to go with your gut, and I thought we had it. <laughs> well, uh, I'm not sure how it would have worked out. Uh, we know what we have now uh, in the Rockies, for better or for worse. Uh, we'll have a few other subjects we'll uh, brush up on here as we continue, and we'll do some more reminiscing. 303-790-2222 is the number for SCL Mortgage. MySpecialMortgage.com is the website. We'll talk about Dan Issel's road to retirement, the creation of uh, the Denver Huddle, and... Uh, the remarkable story of Mike Nolan, who has, uh, as I'm sure is the case with you, long been one of my favorites oh, just uh, all time first class in individual. our business. Yep. And we'll do all of that next as the SCL Mortgage Show continues on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Sandy Clef, Larry Jager, the SCL Mortgage Show continues. This is a bit of a deviation from the kind of show we usually do because we have the good fortune of having Jeff Thomas on with us. And uh, Jeff and I spent some time together here in Denver at, uh, I suppose, of a sort, competing stations during uh, uh, the early uh, to late 1980s. And I remember one of the best things that Channel 9 did was in 1984-85, uh, once Dan Issel had announced his retirement, and we all had a sense that it was probably coming, but you did a season-long feature, basically, mm-hmm. on him, tracking his road to retirement. Got to know Dan pretty well and his wife, Sherry, and his two wonderful kids. What, what a phenomenal family. Uh, Dan had the uh, nickname of the horse yes. because he was, uh, uh, when he played in Kentucky in college and later in the ABA, he um, became fascinated with horse racing and eventually went into the business. Uh, then came back as a as a coach for a yes. while. But uh, the road to his retirement, everywhere he went, he was honored. He was given rocking chairs. He was given <laughs> the, 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 the big clocks that people get uh, for heritage and uh, and heirlooms and uh, all in good fun. Uh, but one of the things that stood out amongst those is he uh, told me the story and he was living, he had sold his home, was living in the Sheraton Hotel. It's, I don't think it's the Sheraton, I think it's the Hyatt now. Yeah. Uh, in the tech center. And every time he came home from a game, there would be a, a report card. His hmm. youngest son would write... How he did on rebounding, <laughs> assists, shooting, maids, misses, and, and he said he had quite a few D pluses. <laughs> from, from His those, son was a harder marker than Doug was. Oh, absolutely. So that was a lot of fun. But Dan was was very human. He took the coaching of what we gave him to make the television great. Of course, he was you know just a great uh, extemporaneous speaker anyway. Um, but it was just a lot of fun doing that. 
Uh, and I'll never forget the time I spent with them, and he thanked us profusely uh, for doing that. Wow. Kind of an electronic diary almost, Yes. Right? Yeah. That's a good way to put well, it. Which I had never seen before, and I'm not sure I've seen it since. I, I really, I, And that was Channel 9 during the 1980s. That's why Channel 9 was uh, the dominant uh, station in the market. Uh, I worked for a few years on the KCNC side or the KWAY TV mm-hmm. side, and uh, for the most part, uh, we thought we had a pretty good operation, but uh, we were playing catch-up uh, to you folks over at Channel 9. And uh, speaking of Channel 9, it, KCNC, at least for part of the decade, was the Bronco station. Right. And did the preseason mm-hmm. games and, of course, the coaches mm-hmm. show, which at that time uh, involved Dan Reeves. And you countered that at Channel 9. Tell us about that, what you did in terms of counter-programming to go opposite the coaches' show with uh, Dan Reeves on Channel 4? Well, I was challenged by news director Dick Mallory and general manager Charlie Lazier when they first hired me away from Channel 7 to come up with something that could have a Bronco appeal to it. And the NFL has tremendous rights regulations. NFL (laughs) Films is involved as well. Absolutely. Uh, You can only use X amount of of highlights. Now, was it... Uh, was there a time constraint on the highlights, or it was only so many clips you could use? What was the initially? We were given up to ten minutes. Really, that but much? We, I would have guessed we no more to, than five. We had to pay for it. Okay, we had to pay for it. Um, but what we did is we we did keep the Bronco highlights to roughly six or seven minutes. But we got footage from every AFC West opponent and the Broncos' next opponent. If if the Broncos were playing Green Bay and the Packers were in Green Bay the Sunday before, we sent a crew. And we had players on the show. So you weren't getting answers to questions about what's at stake this next week, like, well, if we don't make mistakes and if we stay healthy and we don't have penalties— um, coaches tend to get into that groove, and 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 Dan did a pretty good job on the other channel trying to, you know, get away from that. But we had footage, we had footage almost start to finish, and we beat the Dan Reeves show at KUSA, and the program is still on the air today. The players we had were like Dennis Smith, sure, Bishop, the leaders, Butch Johnson, who yeah. later became uh, part of our family at uh, Channel Nine, right. Rulon Jones. And when you talk about regulations, the Broncos pressured Rulon Jones not to come back for a second year. They they knew what was going on. They did try to limit us on footage. We we still played within the boundaries. Uh, we had lawyers calling us out of the blue to say, we want to handle your case. You have restrained a trade. Right. Uh, right. You have group monopoly in play. Let's go get them. Uh, but Channel 9 was the, not the up The NFL to that. wasn't always the best in dealing with antitrust issues. No. Uh, you know, and that, no. that sort of thing. No. I, I want to talk in our remaining minutes here. we got about uh, – uh, two minutes left. Uh, talk about Mike Nolan, and I'll just give you the floor on this. Uh, uh, Mike uh, spent some time in rehab, and yep. during that time, he was replaced by a fellow named Jim Selenia, uh Jim Selenia, who was, how should I put it, 
not right for the market. No, he wasn't. He definitely was cosmetic. He came from, uh, I mean, he looks good. Uh, he had uh, plenty of experience in a big market in San Francisco, but uh, he was a very loose cannon, and he got us into real hot water with the Broncos when Barney Chavis, one of the finest human beings, let alone defensive linemen, to ever play uh, in the NFL, uh, was sent home to think about retirement, but Jim Selania thought that uh, he'd been waived. And cell phones were not quite as active as they are now. <laughs> not quite. And I did talk with him before I went to Greeley from Denver, but between going uh, from Denver to Greeley, the producer said, we're going to go with the story. And when I got up there, well, everything hit wrong. the fan and it was off. Hmm. So, And he also encouraged a photographer to take footage at a practice of a trick play and aired that the week before the game. Which is verboten. Yeah, so so I had two meetings in Dan Reeves' office, uh, and that's why I say I started in this business at 6'6", and now I'm (laughs) (laughs) 5'7". Well, uh, Dan might have been guilty of shooting the messenger uh, on uh, on that occasion. (laughs) Uh, But uh, talk about Mike Nolan. And Very Mike, uh, yeah, Mike Nolan, um, first-class individual, did have a problem that required rehab. Uh, just a devastating day. They told me, but they didn't tell Mike. And I was hanging around, and Mike said, "Why aren't you going home?" I said, "Well, I'm just, I've got some things I need to do." And then they finally called him in and told him that it was over with. Um, th- they were going to help him, and yeah. thankfully we got him back. And then he yes. said, "Now I know why you're mm-hmm. hanging around. You got to do the ten o'clock show." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but wow. Mike yeah. Nolan, I cannot say enough. Good One of the all-time about. greats, yep. and uh, he tutored and mentored a great many people, you included, absolutely, who have turned out magnificently. And, and worked that, in Chicago and Miami and lots yeah, yeah, of big yeah. markets. Lots of big markets, and had that cigar. Yep. You know, that's what I think of that's when I right. think of Mike. Uh, Mike and uh, uh, that uh, cigar he used to always have with him. One of the great characters in a business now yep. that is, I won't say devoid of characters, but lacking in them. And we had them back then. And he had the great M-N-K-O-D, Mincod, the yes. Mike Nolan, Nolan kiss, of kiss of death. If I, <laughs> yes. if I pick that them was his to trademark. win, they're not yeah. going to win. That's right. Well, <laughs> speaking of picks, very quickly, Broncos-Steelers tomorrow. I'm going to say Broncos 13-10. to 10. Wow, that's uh, I'm I too am going to pick Broncos. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to say seventeen twelve. All right, we're in the same realm. Yes, and I'm thinking like you are seventeen fourteen. Yeah, the Big Ben is is lame with the hip. And yeah, the Broncos yeah. are short of speed right. on the wideouts. <laughs> yes, so that's going to yeah, make Drew Locke's job a little tougher. Yeah. Uh, if it is already plenty tough. Uh, both teams struggle offensively, but um, maybe the kicker makes the difference. Maybe the kicker makes the difference. Very, very well put. It's been a special treat. Uh, Larry, as always, with you and today with Jeff uh, as our guest. Uh, great going down memory lane with you, as Thank you. always. Thank you, Sandy, and thank you, Larry, for letting me commandeer your show. My pleasure, and thank you both. I'm sure our listeners enjoyed this as much as I did, so I very much appreciate it. We'll see you next Saturday morning, but Larry is back tomorrow morning with Nate Jackson between 7.30 and 8, right here on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. 
Thanks for listening to the SEL Mortgage Show with Sandy Clough and mortgage expert Larry Jager. If you missed a portion of the show or want to listen to the program again, listen to podcasts at the SCLMortgageShow.com. Questions or assistance with a loan? Call their main office in Denver at 303-790-2222 or online at MySpecialMortgage.com, NMLS, 120 716